Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Your host is Dr. Mark French. Mark's passion is helping organizations motivate their teams. This podcast is focused on bringing out the best in leadership through creating strong values, learning opportunities, teamwork, and safety. Nothing is more important than protecting your people. Safety creates an environment for empathy, innovation, and empowerment. Together, we'll discover meaning and purpose through shaping our safety culture. Thanks for joining us this episode. And now, here is Dr. Mark French. Hello and welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and I am so happy you have chosen to join me for the podcast this week. And hey, we're getting near the end of the year, and I'm really excited what I'm trying to bring next year to the podcast. I think this year has been, I've done a better cadence, (laughs) trying to bring better, consistent information. Next year, I really am hoping that I've got the technology right to do some interviews and stuff. I I think we're going to do more of that and more engagement, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to what the new year may bring for the podcast and certainly happy to have you along for the journey and appreciate you to be along for the journey. So let's jump in. I've got some interesting topics and I know the last few couple of episodes actually, I have been focusing on the ideas of biases and how they have affected me especially in my work. And I'm gonna go back to kind of the original format now because I got that out of my system, I guess. I'm going to go back to looking at some of the news stories. I've missed a lot, uh, or the discussion around some of the news stories that usually we talk about as part of the podcast. So I'm going to go back and look at some of these and you know talk about those items in the news that are going to really have an effect on how we do things in the safety world time after time, day after day. And the first one that really caught my attention is this one article from Insurance Business Mag. And it talks about why January is the worst time for retail workers' compensation claims. This is a trend that I have seen more than in retail because I don't have a ton of retail experience, but I have a lot of uh, warehousing and experience uh, that came through my career. And what happens, and here's my my two-cent tour, I guess, of that issue, that you look at it as kind of paying for what happened earlier. So after Thanksgiving, when everybody starts buying and Cyber Monday and Black Friday, these warehouses, retail are very, very busy. And it's there's an energy to it. There is a very strong, powerful energy that comes around it where we're just moving and going and doing and you ramp up with a lot more people and more people statistically would say more injuries if you're prone to it. If you have, if there is a chance for injury and you have more people that chance then of someone encountering that injury 
goes up. That's just natural and normal unless you're doing more during that period to reduce injuries. Now, some organizations believe more observations or more training. Well, usually the training is talked about, but usually it's just more observations. Get out on there and, and see more. That's really not fixing the problem. I mean, it, it can help, sure. Observations are helpful with data, but really we're not f really fixing the issue. So I don't see that. So there's that great energy that comes around when we're talking about that Christmas, the holiday shopping season that is upon us right now. And you're really working hard, lots of overtime, lots of extra people, a lot of moving things. And what I found, and this is again, my two cent experience and observations of being there is that we have that great energy and we're working and working and working. And then when it's all said and done in January, we take the holiday off January, we come back in and then we take that big, deep breath of like, wow. And then we go, oh my goodness, I am so sore. And I think of it as like an exercise program in a way, except much longer term. So stretch it out. We're maybe an exercise routine is a very micro session. Think of this as a macro of that, a longer, much longer session. It, you're going out and you've been doing your workouts and there's one day that you're like, you know what, I am feeling there's a lot of energy. I feel it. I'm going to go for it. I'm really going to push myself to the limit. I'm going to work, 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 and, and push myself. What happens? Well, you break down those muscles. You get sore, and you get stronger from it. That's part of it. But if you did it over and over, time after time, for a whole month, you could have an injury. And it may come on slowly to where you lean on my shoulders a little bother me. Keep going, though. Push through it because you know, I feel like I'm getting the gains I need, or I've got that motivation, or it's just that I, I feel it. Same thing in that retail world, same thing, because what they talk about, and it, some good statistics here, of course, I will share this. It'll be part of the podcast link and also uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, if you follow me there. It showed that the claims go up, and it's mostly strains and falls. And that doesn't really surprise me. And again, this isn't the date of injury. This is the date of claim. There's a difference there, a distinction of when the claim gets filed. So people come back in, they take that deep breath and they go, my gosh, I have to say that it happened probably last year while we were working so hard and so fast, but like this shoulder, like all during the holiday, I iced it, I put heat on it, I tried to stretch it, or my elbow, or my wrist, or my hips, or my lower back, pick your body part. It just never got better. over the. And I really thought the rest over maybe the few days off we got, or the two holidays, the New Year's, and the the, the around Christmas where we take some time off, I thought I could rest it, get to feeling better. And I've come back to work now and it's not better. Like I'm, I'm really hurting here and it's not getting better. Well, here's that claim. Here's that hurt. And I come back to that to say that it's because one, it's busier. It, it is definitely productivity in those sectors are so much higher, moving things, shifting things, encountering people, more people in the store that can spill things on the floor, more boxes being moved in your warehouses, more 
much more things happening, having to move material and warehousing, having to ship material from warehousing, lifting, pushing, pulling, all that stuff is amplified during that time period, that December time period, as we're ramping up for those holidays and those big gift-giving times. And so then when we come back and we're, we're feeling it, we get those. I've seen this many, and I've tried to prepare a lot of times to come back into work in January and go, you know, our first aid rates are going to go up. It's going to attribute to last year. Our recordable rate is probably going to have an early spike, kind of a bathtub shape to it. Uh, or even maybe even at a decline, like you go straight, kind of come off the year st- with some higher recordability rates and then drop. How do you prevent that? It's not more observations. It's early in the year when you've been hearing those complaints anyway of we need a lifting help here. This is too heavy. This is going to be too fast. This product shouldn't be stored here because it's out of the, the zone. You're having to really lift for it or reach for it to pull it down. Or our housekeeping techniques or housekeeping processes aren't working because we know they don't work in this area because it just gets dirty or it's high traffic. Those are the things we have to fix earlier in the year. There has to be actually a system in place. It doesn't help to get near the end of the year and put this plan together to do 14 times the number of observations of all the workers, that's not fixing an issue. That's kind of blaming the person for the injury in the first place, and that's not what we do. We have to actually get in there and fix it. So this is a really interesting article that highlights that problem, that as we go into the year, that high-energy, high-output, are the systems in place to protect higher for people from the higher volumes, the stronger workload, the bigger expectation, the longer hours, and an influx of newer people coming into that system. Let's change topics, talk about something else when we come back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Humanizing the workplace. It is the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. DSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. The next item I came across uh, was from the U.S. Department of Labor and Statistics, a publication called the Economics Daily. And they released yesterday, so this is pretty recent, they released yesterday that in 2022, so this is last year, but they finally had the data analyzed and looked at, the private industry employers reported 2.8 million Non-fatal workplace injuries and illnesses, that's up 7.5% from 2021. The increase was driven uh, by injuries and illnesses, and illnesses were up 26.1%, injuries only 4.5%, still higher 
not the direction that we would want to see for non-fatal injuries. And of course, what drove the illness part was respiratory illness. We are still trying to understand the long-term implications of 2020 COVID, of the COVID-19 that really came in in 2020 and 2021 and rocked the workplaces, especially healthcare, especially other types of places that were essential to be open. Those areas are still having fallout from what was truly the respiratory illness. How did it affect you? What is the long-term effects? How do we even record those injuries and illnesses, illnesses technically, sorry, for that item? We're still working through it. And so these are being still accumulated, evaluated. The methods that we have recorded them have been fairly inconsistent. I'm going to be perfectly open and honest, and I think everybody knows that. The reporting structure of what is, what is not a true respiratory work-related issue is iffy. (laughs) How can you prove, did I get it at work? Did I get it at home? Did I get it at the store? All of that. And there was so much argument about it, even in the legal sector, especially in the political sector, especially, but even in the safety sector of doing enough due diligence to make sure that we did it the right way. And I struggled with that. There's no doubt that when someone brought a case of a respiratory issue, reevaluating and evaluating how did it happen, talking to the person without getting, without breaking too much into the private world of what's going on, but trying to understand the mechanisms and trying to trace it back, one, to see if we can prevent it. Number one, how do we fix it so it doesn't happen again? Number two, how did it happen? How do we record it appropriately? It took a lot of work and it took a lot of effort. And there's no doubt that that should have seen that increase because we're still understanding it. We're still figuring it out. We're still asking people to report it. And it brought a lot of light to reporting those styles of issues to the workplace, bringing it up, recording it. I would estimate that's probably still low because people still may not be reporting. There may be also times where it wasn't recorded or reported because the maybe the company determined it wasn't work related or maybe the company didn't care and just simply didn't do it at all. No due diligence, maybe. And and I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there's some statistical method of those out there that had that because it happens even with injuries. But what really is interesting or concerning is the increase even in injuries last year. And we work in an, in a world, in a country that is an economic powerhouse. And I've, I've kind of jumped on this soapbox a few times. We owe it to people to try to do our very best to protect. Am I perfect? No. I'll be the first one to point out the gaps in my programs, the work I do, and to admit that it's it's a never-ending progression of improvement, and it should be. And there's always going to be an opportunity to get better, listen more, do more. There should also be a distinct focus on a system, a system that prioritizes processes to fix injuries, to prevent them from happening, looking at what is causing harm, what is causing hurt 
to our people and going in there to remedy it too many times, so many times, it's, oh, someone got hurt, let's retrain them. Oh, someone got hurt, more PPE. Oh, someone got hurt, we need an administrative process around that. Is there more we can do? Is there engineering? Is there development? Are there methods, processes, items that we can do physically to make it better for our team and really look at what is going on there? The rise in respiratory illness cases was up 35.4%. 365,000 cases, and that came after a decrease from 2020 to 2021. So the number of illness cases in 2022, of course, is higher than 2019's pre-pandemic level, no doubt, but it's an interesting trend to see that it declined in one year when it was actually happening, and it increased the next Here again, and I liken it to the first part of what we were talking about in the podcast, of that after something is over, you think about it, you're more aware of what happened, and you're more likely to talk about it, because now the awareness, the the adrenaline, the the work that was there, the, the everything else we were worried about when that was happening is over, and now we're focused on what really happened and how do I really feel And should I be talking more about these types of things in the workplace? I'll tell you a story, and I'll make it very quick here, that at one point I remember having a conversation uh, with someone in a leadership position of, like, do we really want to, like, ask people and uh, make them aware of this issue because then they're going to report it and we'll have to do something about it. Like, you know, if we don't know, we can't fix it. And the first step is we got to know and we got to fix it. They agreed with me, but... It was an interesting first response of, do we really want to ask? Because once we ask, we'll know and we got to do something about it. (laughs) But that's the right way to do it. Even though it's hard, that's the hard path. It's the right path. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I hope you'll join me again. Uh, More podcasts coming, lots of uh, old archive podcasts out there. And I hope that you enjoy the content. I hope I look forward to the new year of the content. Of course, there's still more left this year that we'll get to. But most importantly, until next time we chat, stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. More content is available online at www.tsdaconsulting.com. All the opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast.